Welcome to the Slay and Thrive podcast, where we make crushing your goals feel like self-care. This is the show that helps high-energy women trapped in self-destructive patterns cultivate an unapologetic, loving body transformation through spiritual and personal development. On this podcast, you'll learn about dynamic eating psychology principles, mindset, shadow integration, and manifestation. I'm your host, Kayla Van Egdom, a health and energy guide, unicorn lover, and Amazon best-selling author. I am so delighted to be on this journey with you. Let's get started. Welcome back, Slay and Thrivers. You have picked a great episode to tune in for. We are going deep in today's episode, which is something personally I love to do. I'm not much of a snorkeler. I love to scuba dive. And that's what's going to be happening today, especially. This podcast is helping you transform your body and your mind through spiritual growth. And one of the most powerful ways we can grow spiritually, in my opinion, is to claim our inherent power and self-worth. And from what I've seen and from what I've experienced personally, many, many women struggle with this. And like I said, as much as I've come a long way in this department, this is also work I continue to do for myself in my own life. This is growth that is going to happen in layers. And what I've been thinking of doing is an episode and a workshop on worthiness and its connection to our health and weight loss journey. And while I was thinking about putting this together, I asked the women in my Facebook group how they wanted to feel this year, and the same emotions kept coming up. Self-worth, self-acceptance, and self-love. Is this something you're also looking for more of in 2023? If so, today's episode and the workshop I'm going to be running is going to be for you. In today's episode, we are going to cover, one, why it is incredibly common for women to struggle with low self-worth, especially when it comes to our relationship with our body and our food. I'm also going to share the five signs that your struggles with weight loss or emotional eating don't stem from any kind of strategy defect but instead they stem from low self-worth. This episode is going to be an invitation for you to notice your own patterns and struggles and see where some of these red flags are showing up for you. Then finally, I'm also going to share some insights for how to do the work around creating more worthiness instead of trying to simply change how you're eating or working out or changing how fast you're losing weight in hopes that will help you feel more worthy. Honestly, when you try to heal from low self-worth 
by buying a new workout program or getting that gym membership, it's like getting a paint job for your car when the transmission is shot. All right, let's start with why this is such a big challenge for women. Certainly, some of this is going to stem from personal experience. Anything from childhood wounding, the experiences we've had where we made certain things mean something negative about how much we're worth out as a person, limiting beliefs, all of these things. But these challenges with worthiness are also societal and ancestral. Let's talk about societal first. The great thing is we've come a long way. Women are inching closer to equality with men. And also there are still blocks. Just last weekend, I was having a conversation with one of my clients about how she was treated differently and not given the same opportunities to advance as her male counterparts when she had her corporate job. She isn't the only one either. At the last place I worked at, there was this one business we always heard about that was this total boys club. So they had these, they literally had these special boys only lunches. The female employees just didn't go. And a few of the people who worked at that business were women. And you just always heard these stories about how women were treated differently than men. So this is something, honestly, that really fires me up and makes me kind of mad. Not kind of. It makes me mad because it should not still be this way. And that's just the realm of work and money. Then there's the rest of society, which perpetuates more of this sense of not being enough through the messages were sent about the female body and what is and is not attractive. You have these magazines and these social media accounts that glorify certain types of bodies and certain health statuses instead of encouraging women to pursue healthy habits and fitness and changing things up on their terms because it feels good for them to do so. I love that we've now entered an era where there is a body positive movement and more different shapes and sizes are being recognized and valued. However, not everyone in society shares these same values. Fat shaming still happens. Just because less people are doing it and buying into that myth doesn't mean it's not happening. And it doesn't mean that it isn't incredibly painful to those who are experiencing it. There's also the ancestral piece of this. This is something I learned about in the book Patriarchy Stress Disorder by Valerie Rain. And she shared this experiment that scientists did on these mice. So they had this one generation of mice and they exposed them to the scent of cherry blossoms while giving them electric shocks. And they did this enough times that those mice started to feel stress and anxiety when they smelled cherry blossoms, even if they weren't getting shocked. And then 
what happened was they had further generations from that same line of mice. And even though the children and grandchildren of those original mice never got shocked while smelling cherry blossoms, they still responded with stress and anxiety when they smelled that scent. How insane is that? And think, that is mice. We are human beings with much more complex systems, which leads me to believe that we would carry much more of our ancestral stuff than a mouse would. And maybe you want to think about your own ancestral lineage and your own female ancestors. And I think about this in terms of all of the struggles that my mom had. She was raised in a culture and a religion where women were put into boxes and expected to show up a certain way. Going to university would have been out of the question. Her book could have, but not her. There were all these messages about women not being as able or capable of doing certain things. And then I can time travel even further back from that because I know that my mom had a very challenging relationship with her mom. There is some not so good stuff happening there. And I would imagine that for my mom's mom to be showing up that way, she had to have some really painful stuff happen in her life too. So how much of that carries on through the lines? So it isn't just us that we are, it isn't just us that's having these experiences of not feeling good enough. It's stuff we're carrying from our ancestors for who knows how far back. And Valerie Rain writes, we were all born into the prison of ancestral and collective trauma designed by the patriarchal ethos. The deepest trauma women experience under patriarchy is that our lives, our bodies, and our minds are not as valuable as men's, that we're worth less. So I know I've hit you with a lot of information there and a lot of ideas. I just want you to ask yourself, can you see how these challenges aren't just about you. They're about something so much bigger. And when you do the work and heal this in your own life, it's going to affect your female friends, your sisters, your daughters, if you have them. You can create a legacy of healing for all the women who have ever struggled under the patriarchy. And honestly, that is all of us. When we stop believing that we're worth less and we decide we're going to claim our unconditional sense of self-worth and self-esteem. Now what we're going to do is dive into how this shows up with health and weight loss. I'm going to share five red flags with you. If you're noticing these things in your own life, you can start to ask yourself, is this actually about my weight or my eating habits? Or is this about a deeper level of healing that needs to happen? Sometimes it's a little of both. And also sometimes we get too caught up on the strategy and the actions and we don't get that deeper healing because we kind of overlook it. Red flag number one, impatience around hitting your weight loss or body transformation goal. 
you're in a hurry because you don't feel worthy yet. And you think that a certain number on the scale might change that for you. And this impatience is actually one of the things that leads to a lot of emotional eating. I saw this post from the Institute for the Psychology of Eating on Instagram, and I wanted to share that with you as well. So this post said, emotional eating has an ironic side. Worry, anxiety, fear, and shame about our weight can drive us to eat to relieve those emotions. But after the feel-good hit of food passes, we wind up even more anxious and ashamed than we were before. And there are few emotions, if felt long enough and chronically enough, that feel more stressful than impatience. At least that's what I have discovered. The thing is, if we already felt worthy, we would not care how long our health goals took us. We'd show up from this place of deep-rooted enoughness, and we'd take our time. No rushing, no forcing, just gentle patience, because we're okay with who we are. Then, our weight loss or our fitness journey becomes a loving adventure instead of a punishing race to the finish line. Maybe here is where you check in with your own level of impatience. If it's high, and if it's often high or almost always high, it could be a sign of low self-worth. Red flag number two, never feeling satisfied with your progress or the pace of your progress. So here you're always reaching for more, always moving the goalpost because you never feel any more worthy or confident as a result of making progress. This is again because you're putting a paint job on the car when the transmission is in need of repair. If you're struggling to feel inherently worthy and keep changing your goals and pushing the goalpost further down the field, that's like putting another coat of paint on the car or maybe getting some fancy decals on the exterior. It's still not changing those internal things that are in need of repair. You'll want to notice how often you're dissatisfied with your level of progress and how often you change your goal once you hit a certain milestone. Red flag number three, feeling super angry and ashamed and resentful towards yourself if you go through a period of weight regain or experience a return to old habits. This one is huge. Oftentimes, if you're feeling unworthy as a result of weight gain or because you've started binge eating again, for example, especially if you thought those patterns were behind you, it's likely because you have made unconscious rules about when you're worthy and when you're not. Here, you might have that sense of self-worth, but it is highly conditional. If you find yourself ashamed and angry after gaining weight or binge eating after you haven't done it for months, you might have one or both of these unconscious rules. Rule number one, I am only worthy when when I maintain my weight or lose it. 
I am not worthy when I gain weight. Rule number two, I am only worthy when I eat in a particular way at all times. No room for binge or emotional eating because those habits, once again, make me unworthy. And it's one thing to be a little frustrated about having a setback. That's going to be human nature. It's not wrong to have some negative emotions about our failures or obstacles, especially temporarily. However, this can become problematic and is often attached to these self-worth blocks when the emotional charge around it is super high and when we beat ourselves up and stress ourselves out so badly that we end up doing more of the, the that ironic talking today, that ironic emotional eating we talked about earlier. That's another way to see, is this just the normal disappointment and frustration I feel after a setback, or is it lasting a really long time and does it feel really strong? Then we might be talking about some challenges with self-worth. Red flag number four, when you do hit your goal or get close to your goal weight, you either struggle to maintain it or you find yourself some other area in your life to be unhappy and ashamed about. For example, maybe you hit your goal weight and then you decide that your finances are a mess and that's going to be the thing that you're stressed about for a while now or your relationships or your job. You went into this journey suffering from feelings of low self-worth and kind of overrode those feelings and didn't work through them. And then you used a lot of discipline and willpower to change your body while holding the expectation that changing your body would make you feel confident and lovable and enough. You're going to most likely experience the false positive weight loss result. The false positive weight loss result is a clear sign that there are some blocks around worthiness. False positive is when a person loses the weight they wanted to lose, but they're not any happier, they still don't love themselves, they still don't feel good enough, and they're just terrified of going back to their old body and their old habits, which made them feel even more unworthy. That's a false positive weight loss result. What does a true positive weight loss result look like then? To get this kind of result, you want to acknowledge that there are emotional, mental, and spiritual blocks present as well, and you choose to do the inner work alongside working out and changing your eating habits, so that when you get to that result, you've been cultivating the feelings of of confidence and self-love and worthiness all along. So you get this true positive weight loss result where your transformation has not just happened externally, it's happened inside out. And that brings us to red flag number five. This is having a trigger weight. What do I mean by trigger weight? This is where you have been on your weight loss journey for a while and you have your ups and downs and you notice that there seems to be this one weight 
that you get really in your head about and really emotional and you really struggle to get underneath it. And then maybe once you get underneath it just a little bit, you're petrified of going back over because it feels so hard to get there and you stress yourself out and go back over. And you have this this battle with this certain number on the scale. This might not apply to everyone, but if that resonated with you and you're like, oh my goodness, yes, I have that trigger weight. I know what weight it is down to the 0.2 decimal. I get it. And the reason this is actually tied to low self-worth is because this is actually a reverse upper limit problem. And when I'm talking about a trigger weight, I'm not referring to someone being close to what might just be the healthy weight for them and they had unrealistic expectations that were lower. Because we don't know what any one person is supposed to weigh. And sometimes people get to a weight that's optimal for them. What I'm more talking about here is a weight where a person starts to do a lot of self-sabotage and emotional eating and binge eating and stressing to try and keep that number. Whereas they know deep down if they just kept doing what they were doing consistently and didn't get all up in their head, they could start to shift things a little bit more. But what do I mean by an upper limit problem? There is an author, Gay Hendricks, and he talks about how all of us have a thermostat for how good we can stand it, as well as how bad we can stand it. We kind of have like our baseline or our point. When things happen that create a giant jump in our happiness, whether that is calling in a soulmate relationship or getting a big windfall of money that releases us from our financial worries, Oftentimes, something else will happen to bring us back down to the level of happiness where we're comfortable. We might get hurt or get sick. We might start up a bad habit that we really beat ourselves up for. We might start to worry. Gay Hendricks calls this for limiting ourselves. And he shares that a big reason we often do this is because we don't feel worthy of feeling better consistently. So how does this tie back to a trigger weight and worthiness? Say there is this weight that is a big deal for you, for whatever reason. It's a weight you tie a lot of feelings of success and achievement to. Maybe it's your goal weight or a situation where you're just getting under a big milestone. If you don't feel worthy of that level of success or achievement, you won't sustain it. And if weight and eating and health is something you've struggled with for years or even decades like it was for me, to finally achieve this goal is going to create that big, big bump in your happiness. And if you don't feel worthy of that big bump, the upper limit problem can come in. And that can be in the form of suddenly abandoning your workout program or going back to binge eating, or giving up your weekly meal planning sessions. And that leads to ordering takeout most nights. Can you see how all these challenges have nothing to do with what we're eating and everything to do with the relationships we have with ourselves? Now that I've given you the red flags, I wanted to talk briefly about 
where to get started to heal this challenge. I'm sharing a few of the things that have helped me in my own journey. And the first one that is so key is awareness. And that's why I wanted to create this podcast episode is just to shed some light on some of the things that might be happening for you and where they could be coming from. So just start to notice where are your struggles possibly stemming from low self-worth? Full disclosure, I came up with these five warning signs from my own journey because they have all been things I've struggled with at one point or another. And that awareness was such a powerful starting point for me. When you start to see these things come up and you're noticing patterns, now what you can do armed with this new awareness is leave the paint job alone and set your sights on repairing the transmission. I'm also a huge supporter of therapy for this work, especially if your challenges with self-worth came from childhood. I have had a few amazing therapists on this show already. Uh, One was Whitney Walker and one was Sabrina Rogers. If you are looking for a therapist, you could listen to their episodes, see if they resonate with you, or just like look them up on the socials. You could also find someone local in your area. If this is something that's possible, I would highly recommend it just temporarily to work through some stuff for a while. It is such a valuable investment. Another tip I have is creating a vision of what your life would look like if you already felt worthy, if you already knew you were enough. What thoughts would you think? How would you design your days? Maybe you wouldn't sit at a laptop for six hours straight, and maybe you'd be super intentional about getting your walk breaks in. How would you show up differently for your health and fitness goals? Would you stop doing that workout program that's kind of blah and uninspiring? And would you go back to doing the things that you're like, oh, this is my type of workout? Yes, because you're worth enjoying your workouts. I truly feel that sometimes the best way to create a sense of worthiness is to put a life of worthiness into action. The last one that I would recommend is energy work. And this is big for healing both on the personal and the ancestral level. I can attribute an immense amount of my growth and my healing to doing energy work over the past two years. It's something I'm also so happy I've received training in because it truly changes the game in ways that therapy and individual personal growth work can't do on their own. All three of these really complement each other. So those are my tips. And if you're feeling called to this type of healing and want to create a reality where you feel this deeper sense of worthiness, I would highly encourage you to sign up for my upcoming workshop. It's called Worthy Cultivating Enoughness from Within. And it's going to be this beautiful experience where we start by unpacking the roots of your unworthiness. There's an energetic healing. So you're going to heal on that energetic level, which can include ancestral wounding. And then we're going to create this vision for a life where you feel worthy more and more of the time. It's going to be coaching, energy work, 
and a beautiful place for women to come together and do this healing work as a community. I truly believe this is some of the most important work that anyone can do because it changes their relationship to any goal. And for women, it often especially changes their relationship with food and body image. If you feel called to that, I'll drop the link in the episode description. It's happening February 4th, 10 a.m. That's a Saturday. Until then, I hope you continue to slay and especially hope you continue to thrive, which will come so naturally when you drop into this space of unconditional self-love and self-worth. As always, I just also want to thank you for being here and listening and hanging out with me for a little while, and I can't wait to connect with you in upcoming episodes. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the show. If you want to connect with a community of other amazing women who are conquering their goals, taking massive action, and loving themselves through the process, I invite you to join my Facebook community, Slay and Thrive 365. You'll get weekly challenges, motivation, support, and accountability as you move towards your goals. Hope to see you there very soon.